Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Well, here we are, the Lori and Julia show for you Thursday on My Talk 1071, everything entertainment in a matter of who knows, could be minutes. You will hear that hot ticket sounder. When you hear it, if you are caller seven, you'll be the final couple, since it's passed for two, to join us Saturday morning for this little wedding thing they got going over across the pond. It's going to be kind of special. Oh, darn it, darn it, darn it. I know it. All those the, crazy uh, kids over there getting hitched. Well, you know, and what do they do? The, the royal family, they are fantastic at carrying on, keeping yes. calm and carrying yes, on. That's right, stiff upper lip and all that. That's right. And <laughs> Meghan Markle confirmed the audience, not through TMZ, otherwise known as Thomas Markle's own, but <laughs> through Kensington Palace. Sadly, my father will not be attending our wedding. I've always cared for my father and I hope he can be given the space he needs to focus on his health. Okay. I have such a problem with that second sentence. Uh-huh. That second sentence. Oh, really? Why? I've always cared for my father. Oh, so it goes without saying. She shouldn't have to say that? No, no. she Wait, should say, I, I love, love my, my dad. Father. And this oh, is so I disappointing. And we wish him well. And please give him privacy. Well, she says, I've I always cared for my father. father. Well, <laughs> duh. I, I've always cared for my dog. Kid Hoover and Natalie uh, were talking about it's that. It's wrong. With, um, what's his name, Quest? Yes. Whatever his name, Brian Quest or whatever okay. from CNN. And they asked him about that. They said, he says, well... She didn't get to actually write this. No. Well, fine. This is keeping a stiff upper lip. Maybe she wanted to have it, but now she is a, he likes, I smoke cork in the well of an institution that's 1,000 years old. The worst accent ever. I know, no, but that's I, how I, he I talks. Like, I like, I that's how he kind of like, he totally talks he's, like that. He's very funny. I'd have to watch Someone him again to it. do it. And anyway, so they just were like, oh, okay. And he's like, she has no say. We do not, this is, this is keeping a stiff upper lip. I have always cared for my father. But that is just, I they, mean, they question. But see, again, she's not an American anymore. She's a cog in a British institution. Oh, I really have a hard time with that one. It's yeah. very British, though, to say it that way. I yes, think. it is. I've always cared. Yes, we I've care deeply. It's very we care deeply. deeply for her father, and we wish him well. And nobody is better than carrying on than the Royals. And they that, have now moved, moved past the Thomas Markle zone of drama into, because they left Kensington Palace to go to Windsor. They're doing rehearsals today. That's right. Prince mm-hmm. Charles and Camilla took the helicopter. I saw that. Mm-hmm. And uh, word is that, you know, um, uh, of course, Megan's mom, and there's going to be some other members of the royal family will be having a gathering later today. Right. So we're just going to see them doing what they do best, carrying on. 
Yeah, I guess. Now, from she here on She looked happy, in, actually, because there's photos out today now yeah. of Prince Harry yeah. and Meghan Markle in the car, and she's wearing... How exciting. A, she looked happy. Yeah, she looked she did. pretty. She looked like, oh, thank goodness this is past and, now. you know, maybe her dad has so much anxiety, the drinking is an issue. Maybe this was all along what she wanted to happen. Maybe it wasn't. There, I do think there can be no doubt that Buckingham Palace misjudged and should have had her family be someone under a wing. Yes. Yes. And just particularly her her dad. Yeah, and I think you know the only thing when I I would I would love to know what the discussions were. I mean, about oh. what the new walking down the aisle plan is, if they're presenting it to the queen as she already decided, you know, cuz it'll be the queen who decides that. Yeah. Well. Whatever happens. You know. So, should we hear a little of, um, because it's interesting, Meghan Markle is 36, the same age Princess Diana was when she died. Wow. Hmm. And the same age as Marilyn Monroe was when she died. You called it the sex symbol at birthday. The sex symbol birthday. I think at 36, you just, your face is is, is so beautiful or so handsome, whatever, like the baby fat of your 20s has gone away yeah. you're i don't know if you look it's really Good i point. think just a uh, age where you're most beautiful okay. your face is just stunning not that it won't continue but like it, you're at the height of your, your beauty you're just absolutely yeah, yeah. gorgeous so let's listen to this okay Diana, Kate, and now Meghan Markle, a trio of storybook brides commanding the world's attention. 750 million people worldwide tuned in to Princess Diana's big day in 1981. Then in 2011, 2 billion people watched Kate's wedding to Prince William. Now Meghan Markle will exchange vows with who has been the world's most eligible bachelor, Prince Harry, on Saturday. So how will the American princess's big day compare? (laughs) First, there's the dress. A 20-year-old Diana donned an extravagant ivory silk taffeta creation crafted by British designer Elizabeth Emanuel. Frills and bows and poof. It was quite over the top. Flash forward 30 years later. Kate walked down the aisle in a stunning satin Alexander McQueen. Diana's train was a staggering 25 feet long, while Kate's train was just 9 feet long. Details of Meghan's gown are still a complete secret. Then there's the tiara. Diana wore a Spencer family tiara. The queen loaned Kate the Cartier halo tiara. Meghan's tiara likely won't be revealed until the wedding day. As for the attendance, Diana had five bridesmaids and two page boys, including a 13-year-old India Hicks. I remember the crowd, the noise of the crowds, the smell of Diana with that tea rose. She was going to be a princess. She felt like she was the head girl in the room. There was an awful lot of respect. Markle has said she has too many girlfriends to choose a maid of honor, but will have six young ladies, including Princess Charlotte, as bridesmaids. All right, so the dress is going to be beautiful, no doubt. One tradition that Megan is expected to stick with is going to be putting a sprig of myrtle in her bouquet. It's something that's been done since Queen Victoria. Of course, Diana did it, Kate did it, she's going to do it. And a myrtle is a significant thing because it signifies love. Every bouquet means something. So this is going to be something that we'll have to look forward to. It's still top secret. It's the herb of love. love. I have it right here. I've been saving <laughs> the herb the of love. That it was the murder was going to be included. You want to know one other little... I do, th- when you think about it, though, the most eligible bachelor... In the world. Yeah. Wow.
Hands down. And Storybook Brides. Yeah. They do have Hands on. And he's 31 and she's, they're going to have to get at that baby machine right away. Yeah. Is he, is he older than 31? I thought he was 33. Oh, is he I think he's 33 and she's 36. She's a geriatric. She'll be a geriatric pregnancy. I told you she threw away the birth control pills last month. Could they have, would that be a royal scandal if they had a baby a month early? Well, maybe she's thrown them away today. Okay. (laughs) Because I think that would be a royal scandal, even though, duh, of course. Yeah. I think it still would be. I always thought it was so romantic how Elvis and Priscilla had a baby born nine months to the day after they were married. I mean, what are the odds of that? Yeah. You should check with Casey's birth. What? Because his is right close. Is, it, is yeah. he like nine My months from her parents? I mean, it's pretty like close. Like they got conceived like right yeah, away. Yeah, it's pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I remember when I did the math and I approached my mom and I said, if you and dad were um, got married at the end of January and I was born, you know, the second week of July, that's not nine months. And, what, and, and what she, she said? said? She said, <laughs> your father and I wanted to get married. We were very much in love, but yes, I was pregnant. <gasps> she told you that? How old were you? I think I was like in seventh grade. Wow. Yeah, and I was just like, oh, mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. You know, and then she told me years later she couldn't wear a veil. I remember that. Yeah, because it was a Lutheran church right. and everyone knew her Every- sin. Well, she had <gasps> well, she had a bed in the oven. Mm. I am shocked at no. your behavior. <laughs> if I showed you a, f- a photo of my you mom on her wedding it? day, you no. could not see it? She had the most beautiful T-length lace dress on with gl- with clear see-throughs. You know the shoes. Oh, she did not. Oh yeah, wear oh, beautiful Cinderella shoes. Cinderella shoes. <laughs> really? Oh yeah, beautiful. No, you couldn't tell. I mean, she was seventeen. Do you know how slender oh. you are? Oh yeah, I know. you probably my don't mom, even pop until you're six months. My mom was twenty-one, and her waist must have been like twenty-four inches yeah, at just the most. Tiny. Yeah, tiny. All right, listen. We come back. It is time for random thoughts and be listening. Sometime you're going to hear that royal sounder. You know, I saw this story the other day. Did you ever notice that? You know, sometimes I wonder what would happen if... And now, Julia's random thoughts. He looks like that puppet. I don't know. He's had cheeky implants. It's just random. That's all it is. All right, people. Your pajama sounder? Ah, uh, yeah, you did. Mixed in with your random. 651-641-1071. You know it. Okay. Dial fast. Um, happy hummus day. And I want you to tell you this new flavored hummus I tried. Cilantro jalapeno hummus. So good. Was it? So good. I got it at Jerry's, but Trader Joe's has it too. Yeah. It was so, so good. And then I have to get... Donnie thought of the eggplant one we hate. Baba ganoush. That's it. I love baba ganoush. You don't like it. Oh, I love baba... Something about the texture. It's so slimy. Oh, I love, love, love it. Um, Donnie posted today Grace Kelly's uh, pearl encrusted gown. And it's just the most popular celebrity wedding dresses ever. Um, and it takes you through the different dresses that everybody wears. I think it was it, Kate Middleton was number two, two and Jackie Kennedy was three. Three, that was really pretty. Just dress. really classic dresses. So you can see those, they're posted and they're really, that's fun to look through. I do okay. like do you those. Hear, here's a cute story. Mm-hmm. Okay, ready. so a 95-year-old gentleman who lived in Ohio has been golfing since he was uh, 28 years old. And at one point during his life, his handicap was down to a three. Ooh, that's and um, he's 93 years old now. And he wrapped up his nearly seven decade of golfing with his very first hole in one. Ben Bender told the Zanesville Times recorder, the Lord knew 
This was my last round of golf and gave me a hole in one. Maybe that's what's going to happen to me when bowling with my 300. That your last game? <laughs> I'm going to have to be on a league till I'm in my 90s. In your 90s. <laughs> and he said um, he aced the 152-yard third hole at the Green Valley Golf Course in Zanesville with a five-wood. And he says he was in awe watching it. But then his hip started to bother him, mm-hmm. forcing him to stop after a few more holes. He headed to the clubhouse, bringing his golfing career to a memorable end. Aww. Isn't that sweet? That he says cute. he hates giving up the game, but he knows he can't play forever. That yeah. damn hip. Yeah, that damn that hip. That damn hip. Okay, um, the average American, how many donuts do you buy a year for KCB? Mm-hmm. Oh, how many a week? Two a week. Two a week. Mm-hmm. Times 52 weeks a year. Mm-hmm. So however many that is. He's over the average. That's yeah. over 100. <laughs> okay. um, the average American eats 31 donuts a year. Mm-hmm. Two to three a month. Yeah. Well, I'm over this. Yeah. I'm over this 100%. Yeah. I mean. My late night supermom breakdowns. Yeah. And the muffin top of that damn blueberry muffin that's just crunchy hard sugar. Yeah. Cooked hard. You know, mm-hmm. they throw out all the donuts. I've even caught them. What? I've become such a donut. I mean. Who's I'm throwing away the donuts? Super America. What? They why do they do that? They keep the muffins, but they throw them out. I don't know why. Why don't they them. give them to a food shop? I don't know. I think that there's a perishable item in there and stuff, and maybe I don't know. But I watched him. I said, "What are you doing with all those?" Thinking I would get my muffin for free because yeah. they're, they're nope. Mm. So anyway, I'll keep you posted. All you right, know the new donuts posted. arrive at different supermarkets at different times every night, but it's anytime after midnight. You're talking oh. about the donuts again? Yeah, well, I get the donuts. <laughs> at, <laughs> I mean, I go this to is, the ba- a bakery. bakery. I don't, I, I mean, my I don't, grocery <laughs> store on the way home is Super America. Yeah, no, I go to like Lunds and Byerly's, yeah, Kowalski's. Yeah, good Casey for you. is a um, <laughs> donut snob. <laughs> Not a donut snob, but he'd eat any kind of a donut. But he would eat the old-fashioned Super Moms. I know he would. Yeah, he would taste Test next to a real good one, you can't tell the difference. Oh, I don't know. Because they bake them fresh daily. Yeah, I know, but the Lunds, they do too. (laughs) They do. They're cake donuts, which I know. I only take a bite of. Because I don't work out six days a week like Casey. I'm not willing to work work out the level that you have to... What well, you have to do in order to eat two donuts a week. Yeah. Or you could be like me and just say, oops. <laughs> yeah. Oops, I oops, did it again. Yeah. Oops diet. <laughs> <laughs> oops, I did it again. Okay. Other things that are going on in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Oh, my word. This, I think, would be in. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. 
a parent's worst nightmare. There's so many. Okay, well, yeah. all right. But this to me, in my where I'm at in this stage of the game, would be your child moves home. After college, well, you're sometimes in there. Are they always your child? Yeah, your kid comes home. Your kid moves back home in uh-huh. their 20s, okay? Uh-huh. Oh, that is a nightmare. And stays. Don't let him. And stays, though, Lori. Yeah. And stays. Yeah, a they couple. W- okay. Uh, um, the parents of Michael Rotondo in Camillus, New York, are suing him. Their oh, names are word. Christina and Mark. They've been trying they to get him get out. get him out? Over the next few years, we believe lots of millennials are about to get kicked out of their parents' home. And they started sending him, they've asked kindly. They've tried. Giving him a deadline. Giving him a deadline. They tried moving his they've, stuff out They've to tried the to build curb. up his self esteem and, and did the pros and cons list for him. Right. Yeah. Helicopter, helicopter. <laughs> then they started sending him formal eviction letters oh, this boy. past February. <laughs> And offered him money. He still won't go. Mm -mm. Finally, they had to go to court. The court told them that they need a county Supreme Court justice to sign off on having their son, their adult child removed from their home. Now, is that a, whatever you call it, can someone be called an adult child? Well, no, that's an oxymoron, but but it's still your kid. Well, yeah, it is. It is your adult child. child. My kids are adults. All right. I just, an adult child, like you said, I thought it felt oxymoron. Yeah, it it, kind of does. Okay. But so they had to sign. And how old is this guy? 30? Yeah. His name is Michael Rotondo. Wow. Last week, they filed a petition with the county Supreme Court to make it happen. There's no word left if the kid is going to appeal. Oh, my God. Donnie posted something that is never going to take on ever. But forget fanny packs. And they're trying to push a utility festival vest, Lori. Would you ever? What, like a fly fishing vest? Yeah, Yeah, kind of like like that. Oh, no. It's so ugly. It's got a lot of pockets. Who cares? So do bags. I mean, I, it doesn't have a back. It looks like the front of a life jacket with a lot of zippers. Yeah. It's an ultra chic utility vest. And it's from um, a designer in Stockholm. Has uh, His name of his company is Swedes and Other Stories. It's the so ult- he, ultimate festival accessory. He took something that construction guys wear. Yes. Electricians, the like. Yep. You get a lot of tools, a lot of parts, and he turned it into fashion. Yeah, yeah. He just it, 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 it could up. be okay. so much yeah. better, though. It, this, is not, this is going to sell it's, nothing. It's so ugly, and it's $93, yeah, and it's no khaki and orange. Buy that. <laughs> it's khaki so ugly. It is. It's a workman's vest. Yeah. Yeah. It Although, is. I do I'd like the leather wear, touches. I'd, wear, I'd rather wear a tool belt Yeah. than this. You know, well, to hold everything in. I got a tool belt. Yeah, sure I got a tool do. belt too. Got a tool for it. Too. I got a yeah. It's... I don't have a tool, but I got a fake tool. <laughs> See, Just this always good. happens when Kenny comes in. What? The? All right, listen. We come back. We're talking to. She's up on all the trends. This is the My Talk Now trending report. There are things you need to know. To know. Luke Skywalker trending this afternoon because a new report claims the Obi-Wan Star Wars spinoff isn't an origin story, but it picks up with Obi-Wan living in exile and watching over a young Luke Skywalker. Also trending online this afternoon, Catfish MTV is investigating allegations of sexual misconduct against the show's host and executive producer Nev Shulman today. Also trending the hashtags, I don't trust people that... Graduation advice in five words, Thursday thoughts, and it doesn't cost anything, too. And also trending this afternoon, the Backstreet Boys. They are back with a new single today. It's called Don't Go Breaking My Heart. 
can go and find it on our website at mytalk1071.com. That's what's trending here at My Talk. Now you know what we know. See more at mytalk1071.com. I was thinking about the fans. We were underground, loading merch in that 12 passenger van in a small club in Minnesota. And the snow outside of first half. I just wanted my name in the star. Now look at where we at, still growing up. Still growing up. I wish somebody would have told me, babe. Hey, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. We are super excited. We have... Uh, Laurie's new best friend. Yeah. No, we've got a best-selling author with us, Chris Bajalia, and his latest book. And you've written... Is this like your 21st book, Chris? This is my 20th book. Yes, indeed. Okay. It's a pleasure to speak with you both. Oh, thank oh, you so-, so much. And the book is called The Flight Attendant. And I tweeted at you. Nobody ever tweets back, Chris. So We love your manners. Yeah, we, you've got... Amazing Twitter manners, but your book, The Flight Attendant, was just, I mean, I read it in two days. Julia listened to it in like two days. And just really give everyone the setup because we want a lot of people here to read this book. Sure. The Flight Attendant was born in a bar. I was at a bar in New York City. I had just flown from Armenia to New York City, and three threads came together alchemically. The beauty of all that booze, and I will never glamorize alcohol. I come from a family of alcoholics on both sides, but darn, that bar was beautiful. Yes. The miracle of aviation, the fact that I had breakfast in Armenia and I'm having dinner in New York City, and Russia. I'd flown through Moscow. So, basically, here was my idea for a book, and I asked the bartender for all the scrap paper he had and wrote the first three pages. And alcoholic hot mess of a flight attendant (laughs) picks up the passenger on a flight to Dubai wakes up the next morning with the mother of all hangovers in his hotel room, rolls over in bed and sees he's dead. I know it. It's so it's so good. It's so good. So we know from, you know, um, your other books that you do research once you do get like a story idea. So did you talk to a lot of flight attendants? Because you don't see a lot of books that you know, are anything about right. flight attendants. I mean, I remember reading Coffee, Tea, or Me, and you just kind of have these sort of like uh, glamorized or funny ideas about it. But, like, I wonder if you did talk to some flight attendants. Oh, my gosh, I talked to a lot you did. of flight attendants. And the stories they told me about passenger misbehavior are astonishing. Here are the numbers, and these are just the numbers from my research. The real numbers are a thousand times bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, number of passengers who tried to climb over the beverage carts to get to the lavatory, oh. five. <laughs> number of A-list celebrities who told flight attendants never to look them in the eye, four. Oh. Um, number of naked passengers flight attendants had to wrestle with at 35,000 feet, three, and number of flights that had to make emergency landings because of in-flight passenger fighting one time because of flatulence, two. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. Unbelievable. And your book is very, you know, so twisty, so twisty, and I'm wondering... You know, did you did you have that ending in mind when you scribbled out those three pages on the napkin? No, no. Okay. No. okay. I, I mean, when I write a book, I never have an outline. Right. E.L. Doctorow says it's 
driving at the night, driving at night with headlights on. You can only see 200 feet ahead of you, mm-hmm. but you have to have the faith. Eventually, you will get where you're going. Yeah, well, it's amazing. It, and you know, you Cassie, you know, you feel like you get into her mind really well. Yeah. Oh, I love Cassie, my flight attendant. She's such a mess. She's she's, she's a mess. She's that wounded bird that flies into your living room window dusts off her wings, and flies into the window the exact same day. I love her so much. Now, Chris, you do, and I agree with you, Julia. I mean, like, oh. you really, I I didn't know, and I never look at the back of the book jacket. No. I didn't know if you were a man or a woman. I wanted to wait till the I. end of the book. Either did I. You know, because you could look at the jacket and see, but I just kind of had it in my mind that Chris was a woman, that you were a woman. Thank you. Yeah, my thank favorite you. review I've ever gotten was from Midwives back in 1996 when the review ended. An added benefit of this novel is the candor and the honesty with which Chris Bojallian writes about her experiences <laughs> in labor and what it must have been like for her to give birth. Oh, oh I love that. That is amazing. Now, Chris, you've had, so your, your novel, Secrets of Eden, Midwives, and Pass... Past the bleachers have all been made into movies, but when I tweeted you about the flight attendant and how great it was, and you tweeted me back, um, you you shared with me some TV news about the flight attendant. I'd love you to share it with us. Oh, I am so excited about this. Um, when I'm writing a book, I don't normally think about who's going to be in it if it ever becomes a movie, yeah. but I can actually tell you this time who will play my alcoholic hot mess of a flight attendant, and it's utterly perfect. The flight attendant will be a limited TV series like The Handmaid's Tale or Big Little Lies starring, um, and she's so perfect, The Big Bang Theory's own Kaylee Cuoco. Or as we like to call her, Kelly Cuckoo. Kelly Cuckoo is what we called her once on the red carpet. Mm -hmm. We got so excited to see her. But I agree she's the right age. I can see she must, did she? She optioned it. Did she option this book? She fell in love with Cassie Bowden and said, I have got to play this woman last September when she um, read an advanced copy of it. And now it is set up with Warner Brothers Television to make the series. And Cassie's per, I mean, she's per, Kaylee is perfect. You know, for the last 11 years, she's always been the smartest woman in a room full of physicists. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, no, Isn't that it, it, something? It, it really is going to be uh, fun for her. And I like the idea of the flight attendant. I feel like the the book will be, uh, it's, I like it better as a limited TV series, like a big little eyes. Because there's a lot to explore. I don't know that you could tell the story in a movie. Yeah. Well, I love what you said about it being twisty. Yes. Mm-hmm. That is a perfect adjective for this book. I hope it is twisty because. You know, you've got Russian espionage, you've got assassins, you've got um, all of the weirdness of being a flight attendant, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and so much of the book is about following the money in Ukraine and Mm -hmm. Syria and Dubai. A day doesn't go by where I don't say, thank you, Paul Manafort. Right, I know. (laughs) And also... The other thing that um, I do think, like, okay, if you were a single flight attendant and you were high enough up and you got to fly these international flights, I mean... I would have a blast. It would be a lot of fun to be able to do Mm -hmm. that and not have any responsibilities like a husband or children, you know, at home, even though she's got the problem with alcohol. But still... 
It's yep. it's still, you know, going to Rome. Yeah. And it was really, you know, some of the locations that the book, uh, the flight attendant takes place in are very intriguing. They're very oh. intriguing. So, Chris, if you're just joining us, we're talking about um, Chris but. Bajalian. Bajalian's uh, paperback or thriller, um, The Flight Attendant, that Lori and I just couldn't put down. It's so much fun. It's such a great book to read, and it just came out in March. Um, people have bought this with A Room with a View and The Wife Between Us, which we had both those authors on our show recently. Woman in the Window. Woman in the Window. That yes, that's what I mean. Mm-hmm. So, are, are your other books thrillers? Is this your genre, kind of? No. No. <laughs> My goal in life is never to write the same book twice. I've written thrillers. I mean, I think The Guest Room, yes. about the world's worst bachelor party, yes. and human tra- and sexual slavery is a bit of a thriller. Certainly The Sleepwalker, um, about a woman who disappears while sleepwalking, is a bit of a thriller. But I've also written novels about one German family's complicity in the Holocaust, Skeletons at the Feast, The Armenian Genocide, The Sandcastle Girls, and I'll probably be known best always for Midwives, Midwives. a courtroom drama about a woman on trial for manslaughter after a home birth goes wrong. Yeah, yeah. Chris, we don't know how we have um, missed missed, uh, your books, although I do feel like uh, a couple of your books we have read because you've been a prolific writer for a long time now. Yeah, this is my 20th, 20th book. I've been publishing, you know, since 19... My first novel was published in the Mesozoic era of 1989 when I was 27. Oh, my That's God. That's a really good year. Did you... Um, were you uh, sad about uh, hearing the news about Tom Wolfe? I was sad. I yeah. loved Tom Wolfe's work. I loved his nonfiction and his fiction. I mean, everyone talks about the bonfire of the vanities, um, but I also loved... A Man in Full. Mm-hmm. I loved I'm Charlotte Simmons. I mean, he wrote terrific fiction, too. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. He really did. And uh, he did you ever meet him? Did no, you? I never met him. Um, um, but I always hope when I'm wearing... I, I always appear in black suits. You do. And I, and I love the way he always appeared in white, white suits. And after he died, I remember thinking to myself... Man, I wish I could rock a black suit the way he rocked a white suit. Oh, no kidding. No kidding. All right, All right so, so we, wait, Chris, but do you know when the TV show, uh, the TV version of The Flight Attendant will be coming to the screen? Is it 2019? I think if I were a betting man, I would bet either late 2019 or early 2020. Okay. A lot will depend on Kaylee's schedule as she films her very last season of The Big Bang Theory. That's All right. true. All so right. we have to ask you, uh, Chris, the question we ask everyone every author what's the last great book you read the last great book i read is the jaw-droppingly unbelievably good first novel and not just a jaw-droppingly good first novel but a great novel from anyone my absolute darling by gabriel taland this book destroyed me it's about a 14 year old girl her beast of a father, their collection of six hours and knives, and her unbelievable will to live. Wow, my absolute darling, Chris. My absolute darling, you should have like a radio show where you interview other authors or something. You're so good. Oh, well, the two of you are even better. <laughs> Thank you, honey. Well, we you, we're glad that we're going to be best friends from here moving forward. Yeah, and we're we're so glad to discover you as an author. I'm going to uh, we're going to check out the guest room and the sleepwalker, but if people are looking for a great book to read this summer, very twisty, very suspenseful, didn't have an idea to the last page and I just like oh. we just cl- we're like what? 
Anyway, the flight attendant, so good. And thank you for uh, taking the time to chat with us today. Really appreciate it. Oh, my best to everyone in the great, great state of Minnesota and the Twin Cities. I, I guess some of the best bookstores and readers in the world. That's oh, so true. Thank you. thank you. Listen, we come back. We're going to Hollywood speak. Mint. So what are you trying to say? Hollywood. Hollywood speaking. What is the meaning of this? All right, honey, let's get at it. Donnie, um, you have, I think, um, a little audio. Andy Cohen yes. sat down uh, with Howard Stern on Howard Stern's radio show on Wednesday, which was just yesterday, and Howard Stern asked him about his... Did uh, he ask him about Kathy Griffin? Kathy that whole Griffin, thing? yeah, and that's been going back and forth for about 15 months with Kathy Griffin, where he shaded her and said, I don't know who she is after she had a show on Bravo, his network that he's worked for. And then, you know, just kind of saying mean things back and forth. So here is what went down. All right. You know what this reminds me of? The Boy, Nuremberg trial. Honestly. Uh, it sounds like uh, you're being tried for war crimes. <laughs> I, I hope yeah. you find peace. You want to know but something? But you know what? By the way, she's like selling out all these venues. Like, right. She's doing fine. She's having a huge, she loves to have a comeback. She loves publicity. Everything's good. Do you feel her. used I mean, in a way in the sense that maybe this feud is like trying to start a feud? Because really, it sounds to me that, yes, you got the job on CNN. But I mean, why shouldn't you get that job? I under, if you know what, as you put it that way, I got the job that she had on CNN. I'm on Bravo all these hours. Right. I get it. Yeah. So I, hate me. I'll be that guy for you. Are you doing it? It makes you happy and gives you peace. Oh, so I'm just shady. not going to yep. take it on. I got to tell you, this you uh, this Andy Cohen I'm talking to sounds like a, a diplomat. Dude, no. I'm like, I'm mm. at peace. Man. I'm at peace. You're not I'm gonna a call lover, her a, not a fighter. You're not going to call her a talentless piece of... No. Right. She's, she's She was on my show three times. She was so funny. Okay, Andy. Whoa. Andy. Well, first of all, passive Howard, aggressive. That whole thing. That oh, yeah. whole thing. And Howard Stern did not know no. the gossip word. No, he that didn't. it really started with after Kathy Griffin had that photograph that the the photo that you know the the supposed decapitated decapitated had when TMZ and asked Andy Cohen about replacing Kathy Griffin on CNN, he looked in New the Year's camera. Year. Mm-hmm. Looked in the camera at Team Z and said, "Who? Yeah. I don't know her." Something happened before that, though, Lori. Yes, I get that. I get that. Kathy spoke disparagingly about him prior to that. To prior to the time he was asked at LAX, she had she started it first, Lori, because she was so hurt at when everyone dropped her. After the photo came out, she said something first. No, she didn't. That is absolutely not right. Because after he did that, she wrote on Twitter, he was my boss for 10 years, treated me like a dog, deeply misogynistic. That was the first time she said anything out loud, social media wise. Nothing had happened. Okay. Okay, you're wrong about that. Okay. And uh, that's what she tweeted. So you knew right away her feelings were hurt. The only Emmys Bravo has ever won was Kathy Griffin, My Life on the D-List. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Howard didn't know any of this. You could kind of tell. Right. He's not paying attention to the gossip. And yes, he was very passive-aggressive, which is how he's always been with Kathy Griffin. Mm-hmm. And... um. You know, and she said 
then she tweeted because some people got mad that she tweeted that, you know, he was her boss for 10 years. He always treated me like a dog. She said, even when it's on tapes, there people still doubt he's not kidding with the paps when he says who I don't know her. He was very dismissive to me when I met him with the nipples. I know. I believe that he's dismissive. He really was, Joy. Mm-hmm. I was so excited. I brought I know him. The, you were. I had when, him in the box at the JCC. He was at something. Yes. And I knew he mm-hmm. was friends with Sarah Jessica Parker. And, mm-hmm. you know, right on our packaging for body perks, you know, it was like as worn and seen on Sex in the City. Right. And, yeah. and he. And he always has come off like he's this huge Sex in the City fan. It was kind of a, I mean, we're like in the history book that we're the first, only outside of the writer. I mean, I thought he would have been nicer to You're me. You're right, Lori. He was not nice to me. No, he was you were very right. dismissive he's of me. He's passive aggressive. So he's lucky he gets as much love and we pay, uh, he's got good He has guests. good guests. And he, he has a format but, that allows us just to get to what we want to hear. And it's yeah. a half hour. I'm a lover, not a fighter. He cannot say that. He has brought us the real housewives of everything. <laughs> Which is a lot of fighting. <laughs> yes. Come on. We yeah. see you, Andy. Yeah. We yeah. see you. Okay. But he did have last night in the clubhouse, Sonia Morgan and Keith Hernandez, who's some... He's a baseball former player. Former baseball player. Big league. Yeah. Is he big oh, yes. legend? He a big league player. Yep. Yeah. Um, well, he revealed that he were one, he was once friends with benefits, with the countess before she was countess. That the Hernandez dude was. Yeah. He said mm-hmm. it was a brief moment. I met her. In Manhattan somewhere, I forgot, and she was ab- absolutely gorgeous. I chased her like a hound. This is 1993. 93. And I I had a flashback of somebody who chased me like a hound in 1993 in in Manhattan. And I wonder if it'll ever come up anywhere. And I thought, no, I need to be a housewife. Otherwise, he's not going to know who I am. You know, I know. I remember that hound that chased chased you. Know, he was a well-known baseball. baseball player. Yeah. He's well known. Oh, yes. I'm, yes. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. The, and, and he chased you. <laughs> and the yeah. worst thing, the worst, my mortification was. Cl- I knew complete. You. This is uh-huh. when I know. This is when I knew that there were no secrets that be, could be kept in my family. My 16 year old nephew, God rest his soul, um, gave me for Christmas. The baseball card <laughs> with his name. Hysterical. Because he thought, ended up playing for the Mariners, remember? Yes, he did. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, okay. my sorry, gosh. We, we can't say the name. We can't. We, just, we can't. We can't. Mark yeah. Consuelos on his Riverdale character's insanely tight suit says uh, Hiram Lodge. Yeah. He said, they're sewn within an inch of my leg. I can't eat the night before. Sometimes I can't, I can't bend over if I drop my script. They're so tight. I feel that uh-huh. way about my Ooh. jeans a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I have something in common with Mark Consuelos. Mm. He does wear those skinny, skinny type. He's so. He's a very handsome he's man. He's a very he's handsome a very man. handsome man. And Skeet Ulrich plays like sort of the dirty bad mm-hmm. boy dad. And he's like the sophisticated mobster dad oh, yeah. in the great suits. Yeah. But, I, he's really good on that show. He's really good as Hiram Lodge. It's a soap. It's a nighttime soap. That's where he got started. I know. It's totally, he started on All My Children. Serena Williams, why is she telling, oh, I guess this is in her documentary, Being Serena, about her dad and... uh, His nerves. His nerves. And he told her, Serena, I don't want you to be mad at me, but I can't walk you down the aisle. I'm not myself anymore. I'm too nervous. Mm Mm-hmm. So... 
And it's it's just serendipity See, that, that this coming, coming out. out right now because Serena's going to the wedding with Meghan Markle and their friends and have All been right. for years. But it was already out there. Okay, and so they're just picking so up on it now. Just, it's just happenstance, Lori. What do you make of Prince Harry and Meghan Markle only inviting three of the five Spice Girls? Uh-oh. Uh-huh. Including... <laughs> They excluded Mel C, who's been squawking to everybody that she's going. I know. They, they only like invited the, they only invited Victoria, Emma, and Jerry. They didn't like the other two. I guess their not. mouths were too big. And I they think could- Mel B was the one who kept loudly saying. They were going. They were performing. Yeah, right. she did. And yeah. she said it. I think that got her off the list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Listen, anyway. they want people to go who aren't going to talk about it and sell the stories, Lori. Bingo. All right, there you go. Listen, we'll be back with Snoop Dogg and John Travolta.